You know, every year at K2, we try to figure out some way, and it's, and it's different every year, how can we even begin to start to imagine what it was like 2,000 years ago on this first Noel, on this first Christmas? Because you know, on that day, there was some crazy stuff going on, and it was totally undoing people, and it moved people at their core, and literally, it changed the world. It undid the world. 2,000 years ago when this happened. So, I mean, far be it from us, but we're going to try every year just to go, can we somehow feel that? Can we somehow imagine what it had been like to be undone by Christmas? So that's what we're going to do today is we're going to take a look at this glory that was going on on that Christmas day and see if, see if God would come today and continue to reveal his glory and undo us. So y'all ready to be undone? Okay, now you just said you're ready to be destroyed, right? Because that's what the definition of the word is. If you're undone, that means status quo is no more. You come in, if you're undone, it changes everything. But let's just stop. I mean, we all know, right, there's some things in our world that need to be undone, aren't there? There's plenty in our world that needs to be undone. And for all of us in this room, I'm sure we all have a relationship somewhere that that relationship in some way needs to be undone. There's some things that aren't working. There's tension. There's stress. There's conflict. How many of you would like to have those things undone? See, this is what God's talking about. And there's not a, there's not a heart in this room that you don't wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, and there's stuff that you see reflecting right back at you that you wish wasn't there. You, see, that's what we're talking about. God wants to ruin that stuff, destroy that stuff that actually is keeping us and hindering us from living the life that he created us to live. And so that's what we're gonna go after today. So before I jump in, let's go ahead and pray and let's ask God to show up today. Father, we are here because you love us. That's it. We are here because you are. You are our creator. You are our sustainer. You are everything that is right and good. And we thank you for this season. We thank you for this spirit of Christmas that the world tastes every every year, which is really the spirit of you, of generosity, of giving, of love and sacrifice. And Lord, here's what we know. We know that there's not one of us in this room that you don't love deeply. And you know, God, you know the stuff inside of our own heart, and you know the things going on in our relationships, that we're longing, man, God, if you could touch those things, if you could undo those things, man, we're here. So Lord, would you come today and reveal your glory to us, reveal your glory, and open up the eyes of our heart so we can actually see it. And we pray for that grace, that gift from you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to jump in. In case you didn't, how many of you didn't see your Peanuts cartoon this year, right? Peanuts Christmas. How many of you actually saw it? Okay, about half of you. But anyway, we're, uh, as you know, Linus, uh, I'll be your Linus this year, all right? For those of you guys who didn't get to see it, because he had a special part of the scripture that he would read every time in that Charlie Brown cartoon. Here it is it's Luke chapter 2. And let's look at some glory here. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory shone around them, surrounded them, and they were terrified. So there you go right there. 
They were undone. Now, I don't know about you. Anybody have any angels show up in your backyard lately? <laughs> How many of you would be undone? <laughs> okay? It would freak you out too. He's, but the angels reassured him, don't be afraid, because I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And then suddenly, I like how this suddenly thing keeps, God's trying to freak him out. Can you notice this? Let me, you didn't get it the first time, I'll shock you this time. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth with those whom God has pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go, man. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So we've got some glory. And what I want to go through here tonight is, or this afternoon, whatever it is, I keep my mornings, I'm saying good morning to everybody today. So used to that. But, but, but what we're going to look at here is the dichotomy in this few verses of glory. So, but first of all, let's just stop and define glory because it isn't a, use we, a word that we use a lot, but I, even in our own context, if something is glorious, then it's beautiful. It's associated with splendor. It's magnificent. It's transcendent. It's powerful. It's glorious. And in the Bible, the word glory is used all the time to try to describe God. So here's been my definition as I've tried to figure out glory. Glory in the Bible it's the objective reality of God's presence whenever he works. Whenever God actually invades human history, when he really shows up and his presence is manifest every time, glory, beautiful, awesome, transcendent, magnificent. There's something glorious about it. And so in the passage, the first thing that happens is the angels show up, man, and it's the radiance of God's glory. It's supernatural. It's unbelievable. So the angel, I mean, the shepherds are like, wow, this is incredible. And then they said, go check out the Messiah's born. And so they're like, this is going to be awesome. Let's go see what God did. And then they show up to Bethlehem, and what do they see? <laughs> glory. And how was it? Here's a baby wrapped in some strips of cloth. <laughs> Lying in a feeding trough. Did you guys know that's what a manger was, right? I mean, we think of a manger and we go, oh, like the little crib that, you know, you had for your firstborn baby. <laughs> no, it was a feeding trough. And the glory of Christ from the very moment he entered into the world was that he was born to peasant parents lying in a feeding trough. And the only people that the angels decided to tell were shepherds. And if you understand that culture, shepherds were such a low class of society that they were, their testimony wasn't even valid in the court of law. And so the angels, God's like, hey, I know who we should tell, the shepherds, because then nobody will believe it. I mean, that's what he did. And then what happens? For 30 years, Jesus is absolutely obscure. Nobody knows anything about him. Glorious. Shows up on the scene, he gets three years. And during those three years, everybody still missed him. But there was one guy, his name was John. 
John uh, was one of Jesus' disciples. He was chosen by Jesus. And John knew, man, he was really close. In fact, he described himself, I'm the one that Jesus loves. So he knew Jesus really intimate. And so he wrote this gospel of John. And he described Jesus after living with him for three years. And here's what he said in John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory. We've seen it. We've seen the beauty. We've seen the transcendence, the magnificence. We've seen the splendor of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Now listen, this, this is telling us something here. Because John, this is the intro to his book, and he's saying, we've seen the glory of the one and only. Now he could have said, we've seen the glory, man. We saw him deliver people from demonic stuff, and we, we saw him walk on water. We saw him calm storms. We saw this dude rise somebody from the dead. Kind of glorious, right? He goes, no, nah, he doesn't talk about any of that. He goes, can I tell you about the glory of Jesus after being with him for three years? It's that he came full of grace and truth. And I'm telling you, it's this glory of Jesus Christ that if you run into it, it will mess with you. It will. It will undo you. So what does that mean, to be full of truth, to be full of truth? Well, how many of you guys, at some point, you know, you called customer service, right? And you're, in, you're online with them, and, and you're asking them something's broken, and you call them up, and you go, hey, how's this thing supposed to work, right? And they're giving you all this instruction that tell you how this thing works, and you do everything they tell you to do, and it still doesn't work. How many of you have had that experience? So what's going on there? Well, apparently, they're not telling you the truth if you're actually doing what they tell you to. Okay, we know there's some, you know, error on our part. But if you're actually doing what they say, the, the, re, the reality is they're not telling you something that's true. I have been on that phone. I've been so angry. I'm doing exactly what you're saying, and it's not working. See, because the truth is when you go into something and you understand it, and then you apply it, it works. And then it's good. And so the definition of truth in the dictionary is simply this. It's being in accordance with reality. If you're in accordance with reality, now you know what the truth is. So what does it mean for Jesus to be full of truth? Well, if there is a God, then he is the only one, you guys, who knows the truth. Only God. We have perceptions, we have opinions, we have ideas, but the only God can actually know the truth. And so what happens here is the scripture tells us that Jesus, fully God, came and walked down this planet, and the way he revealed his glory is he said, the world's got to learn. I love the Father, and I do exactly what he tells me to do. Over and over again, he says, I never do anything on my own, but whatever the Father tells me to do, I do. What was he doing? He was walking in accordance with reality. God is the only one who's true, and Jesus walked it perfectly. And John saw that for three years, and, he, and that, so he, that's how he described it. Jesus was full of truth, because this worked. And you know what Jesus did for us, you guys? He showed us what humanity could be. 
He finally showed us what a human being could be like that actually lived in accordance with reality, with truth. And it was glorious. That's glory. But not only there, glory also, he says, is Jesus came full of grace. This is good. What's grace? You guys, by definition, grace is a gift that one bestows on another person. But if you give grace, you give it freely. You don't give it on any condition based on someone's performance or based on what somebody does. The recipient of your gift did nothing to deserve it. It's a free thing that you do for someone. That's what grace is. And so John says, I walked with this guy, you guys, for three years. Can I describe his glory to you? He was full of grace. This guy actually loved everyone. (laughs) Now, would that not be a miracle right there? Because I can tell you this right now, you don't know a person on this planet who loves everyone. Do you love everyone? No, none of us do. And so Jesus comes, and he's full of grace. All he does is give, because grace means to give. He gives, and he gives, and he gives, and you guys, and it's no respecter of persons. Every person he runs into gets grace from Jesus. And when John looked at that, he said, this is the most glorious thing I have ever seen. Jesus Christ is never for himself, ever. He always is giving himself away for the betterment of the other person with no concern for himself. Oh, you guys, can you imagine that? How glorious would that be right there? Can you just stop and think about that for a second? I mean, if we could actually get to the place where we we could be like that, where, where yourself, where you wake up in the morning, right, and you look in the mirror and your reflection comes back to you, and instead of you being concerned about yourself, you're concerned about other people, and you're free to do that. I'm t- can you imagine with me your relationships right now? Imagine your marriage. If everything inside of you was nothing but fully concerned for your spouse, and even when they were totally blowing it, man, when they were not meeting the standard, I'm telling you, it was hilarious. I, I, I did a, a wedding on Saturday, and I, I love, I mean, I love weddings. It was fantastic. This couple was like really young, right? They're like totally like in love. They're just stupid, right? I mean, and I mean, see, it, was, it was just great because I'm sitting there and I'm going, you know, come back to me in about three months, all right? And we'll have another conversation here. Because the reality is they're, they're all in love, but we know right now, all of you know, If you're married, at some point, all of a sudden, the other person is not being what you want them to be. And you know what? You finally realize, huh, you know what? Because you do vows, right? And we say, I'm going to love you till death do us part. I'm going to love you here. And the reality is what we're saying is, you know what? You're really good looking, and I feel it, and you made me happy. Let's get hitched. That's That's what we should do with vows right there. And then all of a sudden, You don't look quite as good as you used to. And I'm losing that love and feeling, right? And you're starting to bug me. See, the glory of Christ was full of grace. And he came after us, you guys. And here's what the beauty of Jesus was. People's brokenness and their ungodliness didn't turn Jesus away from them. It's actually the thing that drew him to them. Hear this. 
It is not your brokenness. It is not your ungodliness that makes God turn away from you. If you're broken and if you're hurting, grace says, that's when I come. And I'm telling you, human love is, man, you're messed up, so I'm leaving you. And Jesus' love is, man, you're messed up, so I'm coming to you. You guys get this? That, right there, is what every human heart on this planet is looking for. It's what it's looking for. Would somebody actually know me so I wouldn't have to put all these masks on and try to be somebody I'm not so you might like me? Would somebody actually know me and commit to love me until death do us part? That's what we're looking for. And the angel said, I got some good news. I got great joy. For all the people, Jesus Christ is coming, and he's coming full of grace and truth, and he's gonna love you like you've never been loved before. This is the stuff right now, you guys, that would change your heart. It would set you free from your anxiety, from your fear, from your selfish ambition that's killing you and your relationships. And this is the stuff that every person you know on this planet is looking for, and that's why God said, I so love the world that I'm sending Jesus. Merry Christmas. This is what it's all about. Now, here's what's cool, though. So Jesus is all full of this, right? And then in John 17, near the end of his life, he's praying, and this is what he prays. He goes to his father. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me. Whoa, what? What? Okay, you guys ready for your Christmas gift? Jesus is going, listen, I am so free from myself completely that I'm in total accordance with the Father, so everything I do is right and it works, and I love everybody. That's my glory, and guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give it to you. The gift of Christmas is that you could be undone. You could, your selfish ambition and all the stuff that's destroying the peace and joy in your own soul and all the stuff that's causing the conflicts in your relationships, Christmas was Jesus coming saying, I'll undo that. And I will make you glorious. And people all around you would know it. And how does it happen? Look what he says. He goes, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as I, I'm sorry, where am I at? Forgot my notes. I have given them the glory that you gave me. And then he says, I in them and you in me. You guys, here's the beauty of Christmas. And I'm telling you, okay, ready, be ready to be undone. This is the stuff right now that human minds go, uh, hold on. But the mystery, look at this verse, Colossians chapter one. It says this. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious, there it is, the glorious, beautiful, transcendent riches of this mystery. Here's the mystery hidden for ages. Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, what Jesus was saying is, listen, I know the world's messed up. I know it's broken. I know people are suffering, so I'm gonna come down and I'm gonna save you. The good news was a savior has been born. I'm gonna save you from your sin. I'm gonna totally do a heart transplant and I'm gonna pull out this selfish thing inside of you 
that's killing you, and I'm gonna replace it with my very spirit of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness. The hope of glory, the hope of being able to walk in truth and grace is not you trying to be better. (laughs) Praise God. The truth of the hope is Jesus Christ will come inside you and he undoes you. It is a relationship with a living God and that's what Christmas was for. Now, he doesn't stop there, though. He goes, I'm going to undo you. But then he goes, there's a reason I want to undo you. Look at what he says. There's a purpose for Christmas. He goes, I have given them the glory that you gave me. Why? So that they may be one, as we are one. I and them and you and me. Why? So that they may be brought to complete unity. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Can you imagine this? Again, picture two people who are married. And one person is sitting over here on this one side, and they go, oh my gosh, I've been so undone by Jesus (laughs) that he's completely destroyed this selfish thing inside of me. So now he has so given me unbelievable amounts of grace and mercy in my life that I look towards my spouse, and I go, I can't wait. All I want to do is bless you. All I want to do is give you grace. I'm a grace giver now. (laughs) That's what I do now. Can you imagine if one person was doing that and then the other person's over on this side going, oh my gosh, I've been so undone by Jesus and he's completely destroyed this selfish nature inside of me and I look at my husband and all I want to do is give him grace. Even when he's a bonehead, I want to give him grace, right? Even when she doesn't do this, I'm going to give him grace. You see, this, you guys, is beautiful. That's glorious, isn't it? And again, every human heart is looking for a relationship that's not based on conditions where you can lose the other person's favor because you can't measure up. That's hard. The glorious thing is when two people can come together full of grace and truth. And then beautiful things happen. Transcendent things happen. It's magnificent. And you know what the church is supposed to be, K2? Any of you guys who actually come here? I know a lot of visitors here today. For those of us who actually come to K2 and say that we're followers of Christ, Jesus' whole plan, his purpose of undoing you was so that we would come here and create a community of people who actually love each other like this. (laughs) That we would actually be people who are so blown away by the grace of God that we give grace to each other. And that when we fall short with each other, we forgive one another. And when things don't go the way that we want to in a relationship in this place, we don't pull away from each other. We are like Jesus who came towards us because it's a mess. And so we love that same way. Oh my gosh, you guys, can you imagine if we could actually create a community like that? Where by the time you got out of the car, you just got in the parking lot, you were so stinking loved, you know, that you're like, I I gotta come back. I mean, that's what this should be. And here's what's cool, is Jesus says, I'll undo you, but then I want to do undo you. That's why I want to undo each of you individually, because then I'll create a community of people who actually love each other. And then he doesn't stop and look at the result in verse 23. He says, then, if that would happen, you know, I know, I know, man, we, all of us, right? I mean, we look at the church, and is the church screwed up? The answer is yes. Um, But he says, if you guys would really live in truth and grace with each other, it would be so supernatural. And every person on this planet 
is looking for that. If you guys could just do that, look at verse 23, then the world would know. Jesus is saying, then the world would know, God, that you sent me and that you've loved them even as you have loved me. The world would know that they were loved by God if we would let Jesus undo us. You guys, this is a win, win, win. If Jesus undoes you, you're finally free. You don't have to wake up with all this selfish concern that weighs you down every day. So you win, your relationships win, which is the stuff that matters the most to us. And the world wins because they get a chance to see how in the world do you guys love each other like that? Well, believe me, I I was undone by Jesus. That's all I can tell you. Because I used to be incredibly selfish. My love was totally conditional. I, I held grudges against people and I wouldn't forgive them. And when people didn't do what I liked, I just pulled my love away and went to somebody else. But man, he totally undid me. Because Jesus Christ knows me, he knows all my junk, and he loves me. So I'm gonna love you that way. Does that sound good? Merry Christmas. Now, here's the question then. How does this happen? (laughs) Because I just want to tell you, right, right? If, I, if I give you this message and we all go, oh, nice message, Dave. You know, shake my hand, you leave. You know, great, let's get on with our life. Then you just wasted an hour and a half of your day. I mean, you shouldn't even have come. I, and I say this all the time. Like, if this stuff is just a bunch of theory, then close these stupid doors. But if this is reality, if there is a God who loves us like this, who can actually transform us and undo us, so we can walk in his ways and be in accordance with reality and live a life that works. And if we can actually be full of grace and be set free, have our sin be destroyed and be given a new heart, then this will transform your life and it'll connect you to God forever. So how do we do this? So I've been thinking, here's how we're gonna gonna close today. Um, I saw a YouTube video. Because all the answers are on YouTube, right? <clears throat> so, but I, I, watched, I watched a YouTube video about a month ago when I was putting this message together, and as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is a perfect illustration, I think, of how God's glory can work in our lives, all right? So, um, how many of you know the song, Ode to Joy, okay? Even if, you, if you're going, I don't know, you do. As soon as you hear it, you'll know it. Um, but the music was written by Beethoven, but the actual ode is a poem and it was written by a guy named Frederick Schiller. And he wrote the poem because he had such an amazing experience of a friendship with another person, with another guy. They were such good friends that he wrote this, and quote, enthusiastically celebrating the brotherhood and the unity of all mankind. Sound familiar? <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh, this is so good to actually have unity, to actually have brotherhood. So he wrote Ode to Joy. So, Watch this, and as you do, pay attention to how it starts, pay attention to how it increases, and pay attention to the effect that it has, and then we'll unpack it, all right? Let's watch this together.
Isn't that awesome? I tell you, do you, do you think those people were undone that day, right? They're just going, well, that been fun? You're just out shopping, and all of a sudden the symphony explodes in the middle of your face, and it undoes you. Now, before I unpack this, can I tell you the rest of the story? <clears throat> Frederick Sheeler, 15 years after he wrote this ode, wrote his friend, and he said, it's a failure. And that, actually, at that point, it was very popular. But he goes, this is a failure. He goes, because it's detached from reality. This whole idea of brotherhood and unity of mankind, it's not reality. He goes, it might work between you and me, but it'll never work for the world. I want to respectfully disagree. The truth is that Frederick Schiller tasted reality. And then he looked around and he saw, wait a second, this isn't working. The world's falling apart. There's conflict. Relationships are separating. There's angst and there's anger everywhere. And he said, that's reality. No, that's happening because we are detached from reality. Reality is God. And God is love and God is right in all of his ways. And if we could get reconnected to Jesus, if we could be reconciled back to God, and that's what Christ came for, then we can taste this. So how? Well, here's what hit me with this. So how's this thing start? There's a guy standing there in a tuxedo, right? And he's got his base and he's frozen like a statue. That's all we've got. Oh, that's not all we've got. There was also a hat, right? And the hat is sitting in front of him. And so all of a sudden, this little girl comes up. So what happens is she approaches him. Why? Because if a guy's in a tuxedo holding a base with a hat in front of him, maybe something will happen, right? <laughs> There's some evidence going on here that maybe more could be going on than, then, than is happening right now. So let's bring this to the spiritual world, to your life. It's the same thing for all of us. Why do we believe in God at all? Why would we even consider this? Because we look at our world, and it's like a guy standing there with a base. We look at creation, and we go, okay, this is unbelievable. And the order and the systems and the perfect design of the creation that we're in causes some people to go, kind of like a guy with a base. There's another thing. Sometimes it's what's happened inside of us, and we go, why is it that every human heart longs for and must be loved? Why do we have that? And why is it when I am selfish and free from myself and I'm actually giving to another person, I finally feel fulfilled? And so those type of things cause some people to think, maybe there's something more. And then eventually what happens is there's always a drawing. Any person who has ever experienced God ever it's because there's something inside of you that starts drawing you to this, just like this little girl was drawn to this guy. And she's thinking, could there possibly be music? I love this, man. The title of this is The Best Coin Ever Spent. She takes out the coin and she throws it in the hat, and sure enough, it was true. And the music started to play. And I want to tell you guys what Jesus Christ came to tell us through Christmas is there is glory, there is grace, there is truth, and there is life that works. Now notice what didn't happen here. 
the little girl did not say, I want to have some music, and so she didn't go grab the bass and try to play, right? Did any of you go to an elementary band concert this week? <clears throat> right? Love them. Little different. See, the point is, if you want to have this music of grace and truth, of freedom, of love, of being undone, you don't try to do that. You don't grab the bass and, right? You don't do that. And what God has told us through Christ is, would you please stop the religious garbage? Would you please stop trying to make yourself better? Would you please stop thinking that you got to grab your heart by the bootstraps and pull yourself up and be a better person? <laughs> Jesus said, you can't do it. All I'm asking you to believe is that I can. What I'm asking you to believe is that the music that gets played in your life is me. It's me coming in to you. It's a relationship with God. So that's why the Bible says you aren't saved by works. You're not saved by trying to be a better person. You're saved by what? Grace. A free gift from Jesus, and all he's asking you today is would you let him undo you? Would you just let him know? It's like, you know what, God? Jesus, I actually do, and some of you, maybe it's happening today. I don't know. But would you say, I actually do believe you're the son of God. And I actually believe that you need to come, that you came to save me from my sin. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't want to follow God. Can we all just be honest? We don't know, none of us want to follow God. We all want to do our own thing. The only reason I want to follow God is he undid me. When I threw my penny in, it was like, oh my gosh, it popped right out and I lost my life. No. Uh, <laughs> When I, when, I, when I put my faith in Christ, he actually came in, gave me this new heart that actually wants to follow God. He undid me. The music is him. It's not you. And so for some of you today, you could start today an actual <laughs> supernatural experience of Jesus Christ coming into you, the hope of glory. Now, for those of us who've already done this, right, you're sitting there, you're like, I'm a Christian, man. You know, Dave, I, I did. I, I threw my coin in the hat. But you're sitting here right now, and you're like, but I'm not that glorious, right? Like, you, you know right now, you, you, you put your faith in Christ, and you've been walking with it for 12 years, and all you've got is, you're like, does this ever get better? And you just want to know, is this all there is? Thankfully, in 2 Corinthians 3, Paul tells us, they, the, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Freedom from yourself. And with ever-increasing glory, he's transforming you into the image of Christ. Ever-increasing means it goes from the bass and the cellos join, followed by the violins, followed by the oboe, followed by the timpani rolling out, followed by the brass. So what God wants to do is if you're a Christian here today and you're sitting there going, I can tell you this right now, I'm not bringing God a whole lot of glory. I'm bitter, I'm angry, I judge people, which is just crazy to me when Jesus has totally forgiven us of all of our sin that we're gonna go flip it around and judge others. I, we're just, some of you just know, it's like, I have, I am full of selfish, I'm, I call myself a Christian, but I'm totally full of selfish ambition. I do whatever I want, 
and I take everything that I hit, and I use it for me. See, you guys, you're sitting here today, and here's what I know about you. I know this. You're celebrating Christmas. You've heard this message again, and you know there's glory, and you know there's more, and you know that Jesus wants to make beautiful music out of your life, and the cool thing is, the same thing's true for us. We don't have to try to be better either. What you need to do today is you just need to confess again to God one more time. I'm selfish, God, and it's not okay. I, 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 I'm, I'm not like you. I judge people. I'm not forgiving. I'm all about me, whatever your ideal is. And the cool thing is, Jesus says, if you just come today and by faith confess that to me, he, what does he say he'll do? Forgive you and cleanse you from everything that's not right. You guys, the beauty and the gift of Christmas is that Jesus wants to give us his glory. Do you want his glory? Do you want his glory? It's just crazy to me that we go, mm, nah. Kind of like the conflict I'm in. You know, kind of like the anxiety and the fear. And it's kind of, no. And today's your day. And Jesus is offering you his grace one more time because that's what he does. So here's what we're going to do. The band's going to come out, and we're going to play, and we're going to sing the song we've been singing all month, All This Glory. <laughs> I hope now when you sing this, you go, oh, glory, get it. Total humility, total submissiveness, total grace-giving. It's not about me anymore. That's glorious. Total ability to walk in God's truth. And there's going to be a, there's a top hat right here for those of you on this side of the room, and I'm going to put this hat over here. And um, if you're sitting here today and you actually, don't do this just because everybody's doing it, but if you actually want God to undo you today, really, and have Jesus give you his glory so that you can walk in accordance with the truth and you can be gracious to everyone around you, and if you've already made that decision, but you know you need a totally new work of God in your heart, that's why we gave you a penny. And we want to give you the opportunity to let Jesus start making the music happen again, or maybe for the first time in your life. So let's all stand together. And at any time during this song that you want to, feel free to walk forward. And as you drop that penny in that hat, just say under your breath, Jesus, I'm asking you to undo me. Undo me. Let's do it together.